whale. All rise for the national anthem. I'm sorry. I keep, I, you know, I need to relabel that so that I don't. Am I in Mexico now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, on Patriot of course, Day of all days. Of, on this, the holiest of days, Patriot I, Day. When did they start calling it Patriot Day? When did, what? Uh, oh, that has to be a George W. Bush thing. Let me see. Patriot I've never Day. Heard, I've never heard someone say Happy Patriots Day. It, um, <laughs> in the immediate aftermath. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It, the first Patriot Day was September 11th, 2002. According to a bill introduced to the House on October 25th, 2001. So, yeah. Patriot Day. National Day of Service and Remembrance. Okay. So, yeah. What are you, do- what are you doing? Sir- what, what, what sort of service are you doing today? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I was, uh, yeah, I, gave, I mean, I did like some some cleaning service to my car, I guess. Does that count? <laughs> you I served don't know. your car. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Cars are people sometimes. Counter service, um, maybe, or drive-through service. I'm not well, sure. Well, I'm I'm thinking more like uh, you got served is what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna oh. go around roasting people all day. Right. Yeah. Like I'm gonna right. serve them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with my pa- hot takes. Wikipedia says Patriot Day is not a federal holiday. <laughs> Weird. Schools and businesses remain open in observance of the occasion, although memorial ceremonies for the victims are often held. Well, that is that is that is the most patriotic thing you can do is to continue, like don't let the market drop for a single day. You right, gotta keep going. So yeah, that makes well, sense. And do d- you remember that, like in the aftermath, like Bush told everyone to like go shopping or whatever, which yeah. seems like extremely bizarre these days. But like at the time, it was like it was like heck yeah, I'm gonna go to Target because they can't stop me from buying. <laughs> I- I remember feeling like Goods. that, which is really sad. Yeah. I remember like, yeah, it's my duty to go shop. I mean, I you mean, know? we'll get into it. We're we're going to record a, a little pop-off episode about 9/11 and like, you know, the before and after kind of thing because we have several listeners who uh were are not old enough to remember the day. It's the wildest um, thing. And- and are not old <laughs> enough to remember what America was like before September before 11th. It. So, oh man, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Anyhow, I just wanted to say, Patriots be shopping. That's true. Yeah, like, <laughs> men and women be shopping uh, <laughs> in order to be defiant against Al Qaeda or whatever. So, I've anyway, got nine um, eleven. Never forget. It's dark in there. I've got mm. a question, wholly unrelated, and there's no really good way to segue. Um, but I, I got a question about kung pao chicken. Are you familiar with the dish kung pao chicken? I yes. <clears throat> this is one of the many stir fried chicken um, things, right? Like American dishes. Chinese dishes. I, I, right. I think it's yeah. like a like a, a one of one of the many numbered of- options on your local Chinese <laughs> places menu. <Yeah. clears throat> Yeah, I think it's like a descendant of Sichuan chicken or something. It's got like right. Sichuan peppers, but it's also got like water chestnuts and uh, peanuts. The, and the thing about American Chinese food celery. is it was essentially developed over a very long game of telephone. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but I love it. It's delicious. It's spicy, but it has like a bunch of red peppers in it, like whole dried peppers that they fry in the oil and they leave in. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering, I was watching some cooking videos for recipes for Kung Pao chicken. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that there's like some people who eat the peppers and some people who say like, don't eat the peppers. You take the peppers out. They're not for eating. And then like they explicitly say that. And then other people like you just see them in the video and they're just like shoveling the peppers into their mouth. So Mm -hmm. first of all, I mean, I think I know the answer for you. Do you eat the peppers? I I do not eat the peppers, um, which is mostly just because I'm not an extremely spicy food person. So, yeah. Yeah. You're not a spiceman like me. No. Yeah. I wouldn't enjoy it. I think. (laughs) But. But for someone like you who can tolerate the peppers, the question is, should you, I guess. Yeah, I and I, I, don't I know struggle if it's to see what the issue or... would be. Yeah, like it's not is like it a bay too... leaf, right? So, <laughs> like, is it too roughage? Like, is it gonna give me a problem? Anyhow, I did it last night, and it was actually pretty good. It was for the first time in my life, I ate the peppers. I was like, why not? Let me try. Mm-hmm. It. Let's see. Hashtag and, uh, peppers. The texture is a little weird because they're dried peppers, but you do get more spice and flavor, which I'm a fan of. Um, I'm starting to think that I slowly like burn off my taste buds. And so like that, everything that yeah. I used to think was really it, spicy it is not seems spicy like, anymore. It certainly seems like you've kept them in a state of anesthetization to some extent. Ooh, good Continuously word. for like several years now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've just been burning my mouth. Uh, yeah. there's like a hot sauce that I use that I used to like put a like maybe a teaspoon of on my food and be like it's so hot i'm sweating and now i just dump massive quantities of yeah, that now you have it doesn't you have even to go to costco me. and get a giant pallet of it yeah yeah seriously uh so i don't know <laughs> one, i want the one listeners- gallon jug of tabasco just pouring <laughs> it it's the it's the valentina's extra hot which is like oh. in a black label that's how you know it's really going to be hot right mm-hmm. but uh it's not so hot for me anymore doesn't really hmm. do yeah. it for me. So, <clears throat> well, I suppose that yeah, I mean you can I, I you can sensitize yourself to this sort of thing, right? You're basically doing like allergen exposure therapy to yourself. <laughs> I think so. so. Yeah. yeah. Well, listeners let me know. Pretty I soon know, they'll do, do studies the on you for like chemical weapon resistance. <laughs> they'll like yeah. they'll like mace you and you'll be like, "Oh, that's pretty good actually." <laughs> you know what? This actually is insanely uh, an Aaron thing because like mm-hmm. my whole thing growing up was seasoning my food stuff. with CS gas. Well, it was just to <laughs> eat the stuff that nobody else would because then I knew it would be available. Like the black jelly beans, everyone's like, uh, uh, yeah, like separating the black jelly beans out, and I'm like, sweet, I know these are jelly beans. I will always have available to me. Because no mm. one else wants them. So uh, now I love black licorice flavor. Like all the flavors that other people didn't like, I like learned to like as a, a survival strategy. Although from my figure, you'd say I've, I've done a lot more than survive. <laughs> mm-hmm. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Do you eat the peppers? That's all. That's all I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is fun. Do you remember some time ago we talked about the the keep it grounded in fact thing that was like oh the like fake... that astroturf thing? Yeah, yeah, that fake website that was it turns out was run by the American Federation of Petrochemical Manufacturers <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um. So this is a, a um 
some guy on Twitter named Alex Epstein. His bio says philosopher plus energy expert, author, New York Times bestseller, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels and Fossil Future, Penguin 22222. How could it be a bestseller if it's not even out yet? I'm Um, confused about that. Um, Weird. And then founder, Center for Industrial Progress, and his his link is to energytalkingpoints.com. But he tweeted here, um, so there was basically uh, um, last week the UK's wind turbines produced so little power that they had to make up the gap with coal and uh, spiked, which will come up again later in this episode, which is like a right wing stupid magazine in the UK <laughs> made a tweet yeah. that was like, once again, renewable energy has let us down. And so then Alex Epstein quote tweeted that and said, unreliable solar slash wind is failing around the world. It's failing in the UK. It's failing in California. It's failing in Germany. As the US considers mandating more than 50 percent unreliable solar wind by 2030 ask your elected officials if they know about these failures and then um one of my personal favorite twitter users the tom zone tom mckay who's a um a gizmodo writer did a little digging um noticed that this guy's bio says uh you know the center uh what is it the center for industrial progress went and looked this up. The Center for Industrial Progress is a for-profit think tank founded by Alex Epstein, a philosopher with no science background who is also a blogger and a past fellow at the Ayn Rand Institute. <clears throat> oh! Uh, Epstein is the book The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, a book that suggests that the overall impact of using fossil fuels is to make the world a better pay- place. Uh, the CIP's mission is to, quote, inspire Americans to embrace industrial progress as a cultural ideal. They sum of their philosophy as celebrating man's impact on nature uh, <laughs> to harness one more to and more energy it. to feed machines that do more and more work to make our lives better and better. As for pollution, so long as we embrace policies that protect property rights, including air and water rights, we protect industrial development and protect individuals from pollution. By contrast, green and in inverted commas policies do not improve the human environment, but sacrifice it to the non-human. Um, the CIP regularly publish articles, quote, debunking environmentalism and promoting the oil and coal industries, as well as some of their common talking points. For example, Alex Epstein has said, we should think of coal, oil, natural gas, and nuclear as clean energy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, dude offers speaking and consulting services for the energy industry. Um, so that's obviously he's getting his money doing workshops and things like that. Um, climate change denial, etc., and it appears that the whole thing, um, is like just him, like is the this Center guy for Industrial like Progress, just a sentient is... gasoline can. Like, yeah, I don't why know. Is it's, he it's so hard wedded to, say. to this? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's worth noting that the mailing address for the Center for Industrial Progress uh, is a UPS store in in San Diego. <laughs> Oh, San Diego. So, Never mind. Mm-hmm. That explains it. As of July 2015, only two individuals are list- listed on the Center for Industrial Progress website. So, yeah, great, great think tank you got going there. Definitely not some sort of PR laundering operation. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It's amazing that, like, the the media environment has just created a, a huge wellspring for these kind of people. You know what I mean? Like. They're just yeah. thriving. These kind right. of hucksters that can sell uh, cable news and newspapers and stuff that, you know, 
little talking points for their stories from like all. Yeah, sides. I mean, literally, he has a website that says the goal of this site is to give you true, powerful and succinct talking points on today's most important energy, environmental and climate issues, which is, you know, obviously, <laughs> which, which by which he means the importance of doing more fossil fuel extraction. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and we wow. love that. <clears throat> well, you know, I mean, what could go wrong? Uh, yeah. We just keep burning fossil fuels, and uh, I mean, there's no evidence that we could have seen in our life for the negative impact of burning fossil fuels. Um, I definitely didn't have a giant, like, powerful hailstorm micro, like, targeted to my little area um, during a hundred degrees, otherwise dry day everywhere else around us. It was um, just a normal thing to happen. They have lightning mm-hmm. and hail on a 100-degree day out here. That's just not... I know people from Arizona are like, what's so weird about... Th- this is not Arizona, okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> this does not happen here. It was the weirdest thing. Like, I don't know. It's just so patently obvious that burning fossil fuels has, like, made things bad. Yeah, well, uh, here's the thing is um, there's a tweet here that he has that says this is the single most important climate chart in the world showing what has happened to climate related disaster deaths as humanity has used more fossil fuels. So on the left side, you have a line graph showing atmospheric CO2 going up since the 1920s. And then on the right, you have a you have a bar graph um, that is labeled climate related disaster deaths. And you can see from the 1920s to 2000s it going from about. 1400 down to near zero i guess thousands of annual deaths adjusted for population it says um i don't know what a climate related disaster death is and also like this is a very correlation does not imply causation thing like i can also put up two graphs that doesn't mean they have anything to do with each other like there's a reason the deaths might have gone down unrelated to atmospheric CO2 increasing. <laughs> I just want to look at the the left-hand side of this graph and go, "Oh my god, he admitted it." <laughs> like Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's cool. So it's, we can agree. It's interesting. Atmospheric CO2 has increased exponentially. Okay. Right. It's interesting cuz a lot of the climate change denialists um, you know, they they sort of given up on actually denying climate change and they move to like, yeah, it's happening and actually it's good. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a world. I mean, <clears throat> uh, you're starting to witness. I, I think people, I think people are starting to become aware of the fragility of this whole system, this fossil fuel system. And like, I really have noticed it um, with like supply chain weirdness. So, um, the, I have an example in the show notes, which is just funny because, uh, I got added, uh, an advertisement on Instagram that was like, Hey, make your own mix of Sour Patch Kids. And like, oh, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, let me see what flavors they have. And mm-hmm. I like opened it up their little thing to like, make your mix. And do you notice anything interesting about this? Uh, like, blue raspberry yeah. is out of stock. Lime is out of stock. Like. Right. Two of the eight flavors mm-hmm. <laughs> are missing. And they're like pretty common flavors, like. Um yeah. and it's like they're advertising this to me, so like what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. But I I I've been to like I don't know if you've noticed, but like 
going to shops and stores and things to pick up stuff or going to like uh get fast food like i've noticed that like they're just out of random things all over the place like i went Mm -hmm. to 7-eleven the other day and like half of their refrigerated drinks were just empty like they just had nothing i've never seen that before and that's just like something's up yeah yeah, there's definitely been, it's like sporadic and isolated sort of shortages, I guess. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think the, it's probably what, a sign weird of things thing for to come. Me, the, the weird thing for me was that like the filters for my water filter dispenser thing were like mm-hmm. out of stock for literally months. <laughs> <laughs> so you're having to like use a Brita or something like some, some, yeah. some Well, unfortunately, I had one, but I was down to my last one, you know, and then when I tried to get more, it's like literally they're on Twitter. People are yelling at them on Twitter and they're like, it should be back in stock in about two months. It's like, what in the I mean, we're we're running into a thing, a problem at my work because, you know, for a school, we cannot get the number of Chromebooks that we need for the kids like. Mm-hmm. You know, last last year in 2020, we all moved to this one to one. Everyone has a, every student has a Chromebook to take home. And then, you know, they came back at the end of the year with all the damage. And then we were like, OK, well, we got to replace some. We got to send them in for repairs. And everybody who wanted to repair them was like, the cost of repairing your Chromebook is more than the cost of what you paid for the Chromebook. And we're like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> OK, that doesn't make sense. And yeah. then the. um. Like, you just can't order anything. Everything is, like, backordered. It's been so hard to order the equipment that we need for, like, our staff and students. It, it There's yeah. just, like, all these delays. It's just nuts. The, the chip shortage is particularly bad. And I do sort yeah. of wonder at this point to what extent the chip shortage is, like, being artificially, um, you know extended or whatever mm-hmm. like because it's obviously serving the chip makers very well because they're mm-hmm. charging more and more and prices are going up yeah, so remember i'm like us remember how important we are yeah i'm i'm wondering if i'm wondering if there's something there that we might find out you know about how like they're refusing you know they could have produced more and they're choosing not to or whatever because they've done this in the past where they will like price fix ram and stuff like mm-hmm. that so <clears throat> i don't know I think there is a lot. I think it's convenient. a con. I think it's a confluence of actual physical and logistical constraints because, uh, like you know, a million people died in a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and simultaneously, tons of people exited the workforce. So places don't have the means to produce what they ma- what they sell. Um, mm-hmm. And then the people who are there are getting burned out at an alarming rate. So they're dropping out or, you know, dying or getting just stressed out and having breakdowns. Like, so that's disrupted the supply chains. But then simultaneously, the bad actors who thought, oh, this will be a great opportunity for me to wild out and do more stuff because no one's paying attention. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. there's that kind of shenanigans that you're talking about. And I think it's like. The confluence of those two things, which is really breaking everything down. And I don't think you're going to be able to stop either with the mm-hmm. current like way we do things. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I did secure a hot chip. I got a hot chip. Hmm. I got the Pocky one chip Pocky. challenge Carolina Reaper and Scorpion Pepper chip. 
Mm. Which uh I don't know, should I should I like Instagram live eating this? Like what should I do? I Yeah, I mean probably. Yeah. If only for your own safety. <laughs> yeah, like if if someone sees me going into some sort of like anaphylactic shock or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I th- I it's just sitting here. You know it comes in a little a little um casket shaped box with a mm-hmm. dripping skull on it and then like scorpions all over and uh it's just sitting here on my desk every day I come home from the work from my work it just like laughs at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to do it though. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. Uh let me know in the comments how you would like to witness me eating the hot chip. <laughs> so the two 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 assignments today. Do you eat the peppers and how should I eat the hot chip? Wow, this is a short twenty-one minutes. Yeah, <clears throat> it's you know we're, it's it's yeah. Some episodes are longer than others. That's just how we were it. talking before the show, and it's like we keep tricking ourselves into like putting in effort to what is supposed to be a low effort podcast. Yeah, I mean, if um, we want to extend it, we can just add like one hour of hold music to the end. You know what? Yeah, or we could add like an hour of this. <laughs> My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died. Mm. Toby Queef. Is it is it is it offensive to use this sound clip? Wait, now? is that an offensive word? No, no. <laughs> Okay. I'm just wondering if I should hit the drop for May Allah Awaken the People. <laughs> yeah, do it. May Allah Awaken the People. There we go. <laughs> Obama. <laughs> um, Don't you dare ever minimize or question my service to this nation. <laughs> Have you noticed this term floating around called COVID anxiety? I don't I don't think I have actually, but you might. So, it might be yeah. this uh, this might be the moment you start to see it. Um, okay. Cuz I've started to see it everywhere and it's a clever little way for and I hate to use this word but it's the only thing I can think of to like mm-hmm. gaslight or propagandize you into accepting that like the way you feel about this pandemic is entirely mm-hmm. based on your own internal mental health issues. Uh, like right. So yeah. it's the same thing as being clinically depressed or having anxiety disorder. Like, oh, well, yeah, that sucks. And, 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 and like everyone talking about it, it's been like how to treat or how to deal with your, anxi- your COVID anxiety and what it's going to mean for the world as if it's not just like a very natural and logical reaction to living in uh, an apocalypse. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I just if the logical extension is like, you know, an actual biblical level apocalypse is happening with like raining fire from the sky and like multi-headed serpent dragons running around. And, and, and people are like publishing stories like why your dragon anxiety is causing you to fail. And it's just like, I want to kill everybody who says this dumb crap. Stop. Please. In Minecraft. In Minecraft. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I saw this really good tweet that I was like, okay, yeah, this is very good. From Dr. Nisreen Alwan on, uh, on Twitter. 
He said, let's clarify one thing. Not believing that the pandemic has ended when facts clearly tell you it hasn't ended is not called COVID anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like that explains what they're really trying to do. They're trying to just like make everybody accept like that it's it's done and we're moving past it when like the facts on the ground do not tell us that <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I don't know. It's just uh, something interesting. Uh, be on the lookout for COVID anxiety. Exciting times. Um, <laughs> on the September 11th, um, we, we have an interesting article that I think will open your eyes a bit from, uh, once again, Spiked Magazine. Um, this from uh, the editor, Brendan O'Neill. Um, oh, it's who, Brendan If you listen O'Neill. to Trash Future, you'll know of Brendan O'Neill. Um, this is entitled <clears throat> when the politics of victimhood turned violent, nine 11 was an apocalyptic act of identitarianism. Um, and the tweet, the tweet for this says people forget just how quote woke Al Qaeda was. Bin Laden was an environmentalist. He believed in cancel culture and he embraced the Islamist politics of victimhood. Um, and so yeah, uh, Al Qaeda woke actually, um, it says, uh, um, says here, Brent, Brendan says, his reign of terror can be seen as a violent manifestation of what has since come to be known as wokeness. What? Uh, that's, yeah. I mean, I, love I don't, how all these, I don't like, know how exactly your brain has to be broken to come up with that, but it's sort of remarkable. So, yeah. Is he, is he one of these new atheist types? Or is Brendan O'Neill one of these? No, uh, he's like a orthodox type, fascist adjacent moron. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just, it's just like you know that they, they went from calling uh, Al Qaeda and uh, Bin Laden like you know disgusting, oppressive, backwards people. You know, like they're dirty and gross and stupid and ignorant and bad. And it's like now they're woke. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Which one is <Yeah>. it, buddy? <laughs> right. Well, Brendan O'Neill in particular is a guy who's been obsessed with wokeness and things like that for, I don't know, as long as it has been a thing that we knew of in the public consciousness. So he's, um, he's the, he's the, this is, uh, uh, this is Orwellian guy. Like, right. like yeah. <laughs> everything mm-hmm. is Orwellian to him. Right. But you know, uh, this is actually pretty Orwellian. <laughs> yeah. We've always been at war with East Asia. It's just kind of like rewriting, rewriting their whole take uh, mm-hmm. so that it can gel with their current obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Read the books, read the manuals. That's all I say. Yeah. That's what I'm always um, saying, Andrew. Right. Uh, crypto was in the news this week as well. Um, well the we SEC has threatened to sue like Coinbase it. over Coinbase's lending product. Did you, did you know Coinbase had a lending product? Co- Coinbase has a... First of all, the term lending product is wild, but yeah. Wow. Well, it's, it's, it's legitimately called Coinbase Lend is the name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and basically, the, the promise of it um, is sort of... Um, well, let's be honest. It's basically a bond. Yeah. <laughs> is the thing. Um, but Coinbase is insisting that it's not actually a bond. Um, and the SEC is suggesting that it probably is because it's a, um, you know, it's, it, it, it's a product that you give them money and then they promise a yield on it. 
um, which mm. is what a bond is. And so the SEC is basically saying that, you know, that's the kind of thing that follows that that falls under its regulation. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, it, it's, you know, that's. I just love fine, how everything's a, everything's a bank. Right. Yeah. Everything's the, the a best bank. thing. The best thing I think was probably Coinbase's CEO who did a tweet thread and it starts some really sketchy behavior coming out of the SEC <laughs> recently. Story time, SEC, dot, dot, dot. SEC looking kind of sus. Give me a break. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I just, it's the typical like Silicon Valley mentality of like, I was informed that we would not be regulated. Boy. Like, I wish to speak to the manager. <laughs> They responded by telling us this lend feature is a security. Oh, okay, seems strange. How can lending be a security? Question mark. So uh, we asked the SEC to help us understand and share their view. We always make an effort to work proactively with regulators and keep an open mind. They refuse to tell us why they think it's a security. Probably because they figure you could just look up bond in a dictionary, Brian. <laughs> Look, dot, 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 we're committed to following the law. Sometimes the law is unclear. So if the SEC wants to publish guidance, we are also happy to follow that. Brackets, it's nice if you actually enforce it evenly across the industry equally, BTW. But in this case, they are refusing to offer any opinion in writing to the industry on what should be allowed and why, and instead are engaging in intimidation tactics behind closed doors. How how so. did millennials become even more infuriatingly annoying than boomers? Like, yeah. I almost miss boomer stupidity because, like, mm -hmm. millennial stupidity just adopts all of the the like politically correct speech and all of the like woke um, activist language, you know, and then deploys it to just do the same terrible stuff. And it somehow feels even worse because like at least boomers were like, hell yeah, I'm going to, you know, take over everything and burn it all down. It's my right. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, you know, I can't can't fault you for for being obtuse. You're being pretty clear about what you want. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting. I don't know. I feel bad to be a millennial now. It used to mm -hmm. be like a, I felt kind of good about, you know, being millennial as opposed to a. A boomer, but or like a Gen. Can you believe Gen? I know some Gen Xers listen to this, and you're the good ones. Okay, don't. This is not about you. Mm -hmm. They're also kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. Man, you know. By the way, I have to up. because this this uh, um this Coinbase stuff sort of got me looking into Bitcoin Twitter, which is a very bad place to be. Oof. Which is why I tweeted this week that we need to like segment them off onto their own thing so that they don't have to bother the rest of us. But there's yeah. this guy, uh, Michael Saylor, um, uh, who um, all he does is tweet about Bitcoin and it's always hashtag Bitcoin. And I assume this is why he has one and a half million followers is, uh, um, you know, um, it's that, but uh, he likes, he's fond of saying that Bitcoin is digital energy. Oh, Bitcoin. What the Bitcoin mining converts wasted and stranded energy into digital energy, the natural successor to chemical and electrical energy. It can be managed by any computer transferred anywhere at the speed of light and lasts forever, thereby improving our climate, economy, and power grid. Um, this obviously doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know. Like, how digital energy people, isn't a thing. How did these um, people graduate from high school? I don't know. 
Um, but interestingly, so the, the Gravel Institute um, put out a video about Bitcoin today and then they tweeted, you know, a single Bitcoin transaction consumes more electricity than average American household does in two months. And uh, Mr. Michael Saylor replied to that and said, hashtag Bitcoin does not consume electricity to process transactions. Bitcoin transactions on layer two platforms like Lightning or layer three applications like Cash App are instantaneous and effectively free. The electricity is used to secure the network and ensure its integrity over the over time, which I, I does how know. does this person it, it's not like understand how, how it's just magic? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it does not seem like a very solid understanding of how it actually works. Um, but I gather no. that this guy has a lot of money because he owns hope.com, um, which if you go to it is a website entitled Bitcoin is Hope. So what? Yeah. I'm so mad. You can't Bitcoin, do this. Bitcoin is a bank in cyberspace run by incorruptible software offering a global, affordable, simple, and secure savings account to billions of people that don't have the option or desire to run their own hedge fund. I don't know what this guy is on, but I would like to try just a little bit of it. it it's it, This is very bizarre. It does not seem based in any sort of reality. Um, I love the... One of the first articles that it's featuring here is why Bitcoin is not a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> Which, that's right. You know, if, if you're writing to, that article, you're good. Right. Yeah. It's, it's totally fine if you have to bring that sort of thing up. So I don't know. Um, this is the thing. You know how um, Riley from Trash Future has like the law that like if you tweet about twer turf stuff, there's no going back from that and you're like oh. broken forever. Yeah, <laughs> I think the same thing is true about Bitcoin that like once you start tweeting about Bitcoin, your brain becomes irrevocably broken. Um, yeah, and it's like that's, some that's sort of some sort can... of alien creatures like detect that that you've become available and they they invade your consciousness. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's cool. The other you know thing what? that I wondered is like. Um, Bitcoin is the original cryptocurrency and there's been so many new cryptocurrencies that like work in different and, and better ways in a lot of senses. So it's like, why are you still shilling for Bitcoin? Like the, the worst of the cryptocurrencies by definition and the oldest, like, why don't well, you pick something new and interesting? Yeah. That kind of gives away the, the game, huh? It's not really right. about the thing. It's, it's not really yeah, about it's like, cryptocurrency. It's about that guy making money. It's like being a fanboy for a 1997 Corolla, you know, instead of like a Corvette. I don't, it, it's, yeah. No, it's not rational at all. So whatever. Cool. cool, cool, cool. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day and i think i'm gonna make it but for now i'll say i have no idea what i'm doing i have no idea what i'm doing